Loneliness is a very modern epidemic, and I only see it continuing to grow, especially among the Western cultures. Um, I'm seeing it all over the world, but more so in areas where social media is growing, technology is growing. And it's really fascinating. As social media is growing, you would think that it would connect us and it would bring us together. But what's actually happening is, is we're actually feeling more isolated than ever before, more disconnected. And the stats are showing. The stats are definitely showing there are a number of different statistics on mortality and suicides and just mental health and it's all it's all going in a negative direction so i i think there's a little bit of a concern around all of this and i want to talk about maybe all the different issues that i see and i don't know if there is an answer I don't actually have an answer to all of this. So this just might be pointing out all the different problems and we don't really have any solutions. We don't have any control on what's going on. Things are getting out of control. We have more social media platforms than ever before and it's only continuing to grow. So the attention of where we're putting our time is completely fragmented. We can't develop a relationship with somebody because one minute we're on Twitter, the next minute we're over on Facebook. And that conversation that happens is already fading away. It's fizzling away as you're busy focusing on another conversation that's going on. So you never actually get deep in your conversations. And this is why maybe there is a huge growth, recent growth in long form content where we're seeing long term, like long form dialogues between two or three people. We're seeing a lot of that coming up, whether it be in podcasting or uh, any kind of coffee conversations, like we're seeing more of this in-depth conversation. And the reason is because we're all craving this connection and a long conversation helps us connect with people to a point that we've never had before so whether we are having these conversations or we're watching others having these long conversations it makes us feel like we're a part of something something meaningful because twitter and the 240 character limit or facebook's very quick feed and you're just going through it and it's just very surface level likes or brief little comments nothing really in depth in terms of conversations there's not any of that happening so we're just mindlessly absorbing all this information and yeah people are much lonelier than ever before because before you have communities of people people that would get together and talk to each other. And I look at a good example of the importance of social, being social. Uh, in Okinawa, Japan, I've 
I'm going to refer to them quite often because they are a nice example of perhaps how to conduct one's life. But here are a bunch of these farmers, and they have the oldest population per capita. And they make a point of getting together and talking and having conversations together. And it's a very meaningful thing. And it's important to them that they have that deep conversation. So they always get together. And that is part of their day, part of their process. And that might be a way of living. They don't have a bunch of social media overtaking them. At least not yet, I think. But who knows, it could affect them soon enough. I hope it doesn't. Because it might not be healthy. And we don't really have restrictions. I know we put up screen time. So screen time is something that's come up. It's not really solving the issue because somebody can just turn the screen time off. If someone's addicted, they're addicted. And they could be missing out on opportunities to really connect. So I have a different, I have a number of different personas that I'd like to cover in this discussion, this talk, because maybe I can, I don't know, shed light on these people and how what I see as maybe problems. First one is lonely employee. The lonely employee is busy working nine to five. I maybe mentioned this in previous videos, but uh, they're busy working nine to five they're isolated, and they're alone with their thoughts as they're working. The fact is, is they feel disconnected. They feel like they are not a part of something. That's their reality. And even though they're in a nice, fantastic team culture, perhaps, they aren't really sure if they fit in. They aren't really sure if this is what they want to do in life. So the lonely employee continues to live for next 40, 50, 60 years in that job, wondering, is this really where my soul should be? Is this really where my heart should be? And they're constantly running through this existential crisis in their head, thinking, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Where's the meaning? So as a result, they feel lonely because... The connection that they thought they would have isn't there. Corporations are pushing for harder and harder workloads, and it's just not the reality for the lonely employee to feel connected anymore. They are there to accomplish and to produce. And anyone, that, anyone that's worked in a startup will know for sure that that's the way it is. It's a production. And I know they're trying to market it these days, that a startup is this place where you have freedom and flexibility that couldn't be far that couldn't be farther from the truth the reality is is you'll be working harder and you will feel even more disconnected as your workload is significant and you don't have time to talk to others that's the reality but these lonely employees they are just sort of getting by and they're going paycheck to paycheck and it's just trudging along, and there's nothing exciting about it, and it's a tough way to live. It is a tough way to live. 
more so now than ever before because at least before you could have connections with people you can talk with people even a salesperson back in the day would get out and get around and talk to people and be out making phone calls having conversations with people nowadays sales is very much salesforce getting the lead following up on email following up on strategies and stuff it's almost very much email driven so now they're actually getting less or or linkedin linkedin as an example linkedin messaging not really digging deep into what the customer needs just sort of dealing with it as a lead and then moving on to the next lead so never getting deep into that conversation so even salespeople are getting even more and more lonely because they're out there driving around and instead of talking to people face to face it's now very much behind the computer screen and i don't know how to fix this because the business is optimal the business is very much optimal you go and you do the work the technology makes it easier you're set you just do the process and the work is taken care of you don't have to connect on a meaningful level anymore which is unfortunate but it's the reality but it's a bad thing for the employees i mean what i could suggest is beyond the 9 to 5 try to figure out a group that you can be a part of some sort of a community i don't know what that is but feel like you're a part of something in a very meaningful level and i don't know if it's behind the computer screen that you need to be a part of a community or is it face to face i i've been a part of communities online i've been a part of facebook groups online i've been a part of the like subreddit groups online i've been a part of all these different groups and i can tell you that it all feels very surface level like i might be talking to somebody in new york in the us but i don't actually feel connected to them and it doesn't matter that we're in the same community the fact is is i don't feel the real connection and it just seems like we're two lonely people that we're we're in this this group together but we're not actually digging deep into each other's days or each other's feelings we're we're not getting into emotions it, I just feel like it can't replace face to face. Face to face you can get real in depth with somebody. You can have that meaningful conversation. I just I see meetup groups as a as a beneficial thing if you can get a meetup group going maybe after work and just have these conversations with people and 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 start to connect deeply. Yeah, I see that as important for an employee. So that it's not just 9 to 5, but you you do something. You don't just maybe you don't just go home and prep for the next day. You you get out there. Cuz if you go home, you will be alone, which is okay. There are times when you can be alone. That's fine. But if you're feeling lonely, that's a little bit of a concern to me that I I see. as if you're feeling lonely alone that's okay 
sometimes being alone is is important it allows you to maybe meditate and collect your thoughts but feeling lonely that's not a good feeling so i don't know maybe joining a group would be good and maybe that might be the trend as i'm going through these different personas here that could just be the trend for everyone that they need to find a group at a very high level find a face-to-face group that you can be a part of that's part of your routine i see that as the solution so you could essentially stop here and that would be good enough you almost don't even need to continue on but if you want to i'm going to go through more of these personas and try to hash out some of the issues here because well i see this as an epidemic and i'm observing people and i can tell that we're not connected like we were before. The next persona is the lonely entrepreneur. You're deciding, and well, 98% of people plus decide that they're doing a small business or, or, or should I say 98% plus of businesses are being run by this entrepreneur individual somebody who's decided to build something and they are at the top no one's making decisions beyond them they're the ones that have to make the decisions and i'm gonna bucket uh, originally i was going to talk about the ceo as a separate persona but i think i'm going to bucket the ceo and the entrepreneur in this together because they're both in the process of perhaps building or leading the building of something. And they're at the top. They're essentially at the top of the totem pole, and decision-making rests on their shoulders. And they might have a few people, an executive team, with them, helping them out, helping them make decisions. But at the end of the day, the real decisions fall on their shoulders, and that's a strong burden on on the mind to have to go through all this it all depends on your ability to make those decisions and it becomes kind of lonely having to make those decisions i've seen countless entrepreneurs and they sit behind a glass cube it's a cube surrounding them walls that are made of glass and you can see them you can't really approach them, but you can see that they are there and they're, they're working away and they're, they're doing something meaningful. But if you really have a closer look at them, you can tell that they are disconnected, they are feeling lonely, they are away from everyone else. And every time they say, it's an open door policy, yes, you might think so but nobody else thinks so you see you're you're hidden behind walls and we can't get you we can't get to you you are absorbed in this material that you're working on Uh, you're trying to build something and we don't want to bother you so employees do not bother and the reality is we don't feel connected to the entrepreneur anyways They are in their own mind. They have their own sort of vision, their own purpose and passions. But a lot of them are actually lonely. 
I guess you could argue that I'm an entrepreneur. I'm trying to build things. I'm trying to do things. I'm sure. Um, I'm not really a fan of titles because it's very difficult for me to stick to one thing. But I, I suppose I'm trying to build things, so I'm the entrepreneur, and it is downright lonely. You can fill your days with executive mentors. You can fill your days with other people, staff. But at the end of the day, they're not actually your real friends. They are people that you work with. Yeah. So when you go home, you're bringing loneliness home with you. It's a little scary. And this is why you decide to maybe work harder and longer hours because you don't want to face the loneliness of going home and the work becomes your baby because that's what keeps you occupied as you're trying to stifle loneliness. You're trying to push it away from you. You're trying to hide it. Heck, I do it. Fill my day with as many different things as possible so I don't feel lonely. It's not really the right thing to do that I could see because mentally, I'm telling you, it doesn't feel good. It's dangerous. You, you need to get away from things. You need to get away from it. The CEO, the entrepreneur, they are taking on too much responsibility. And I would say... As a suggested solution, and I'm not the best at doing this. To be honest, I'm terrible at doing this. I love taking on more and more stuff. Love taking on responsibility. I love doing as much as I can. But I would suggest the entrepreneur and the CEO do less. Hear me out. Instead of doing every task imaginable or every decision imaginable, see if the people around you can make the decision for you. The executive team that you maybe have, well, maybe they can start making some of those visionary decisions. Maybe you're an entrepreneur. Well, do you need to do that task? Do you need to do that editing? Or do you need to do that admin stuff? Maybe you can get an assistant to help you out. Lots of students out there that could help you out. And so why am I suggesting this? Well, one, if anyone's read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, they will know that being the technician means that you're an employee and you're not actually growing anything. And essentially, you're trying to be a visionary manager, technician. You're trying to be a bunch of the roles. And it means you can't focus on the big picture. Well, the entrepreneur and the CEO, because they're so bogged down by those, those roles, they don't have any time to connect with others. So I would suggest if you can outsource some of these tasks, then you can get your time back. And it will be important because then you can make those big picture decisions. You need that free time from which to let yourself enjoy things. Let yourself enjoy the company of others. So 
I would suggest if you can figure out people that you can outsource some of the work to, you'd be better off. Absolutely. That's all I can suggest there. Here's another persona. The lonely mom. Bet you didn't think I was going to talk about this. Well, I'm not a mom, so I can't really get too in-depth on this. But once again, I'll make some observations. You know, freedom of speech here. So let's let's have at it. The mom decides, well, they had kids. Obviously, a mom has kids. And you would think that having kids would make them feel connected, right? But it's interesting because postpartum just postpartum depression seems to be a thing. Not sure. I'm not really understanding why. I mean, you have a kid. Something so joyful, so meaningful in life. Perhaps it creates this inadequacy in that, wow, here's this amazing ball of joy. Why can't I be this happy? <laughs> Maybe some irony to all this, that you have a child who's super positive, super happy, and for some reason that shows what you're lacking. Maybe that makes you feel lonely with how you feel. The other thing is, is okay, maybe this is what explains it. You have nine months, a lot of them have nine months off for paternity, uh, maternity leave. So you can enjoy time with your child, help the child grow, obviously. A newborn, really important to spend time. So it makes sense to have that time. Here's the thing. Baby's mostly sleeping, I would think, most of the time. And you are alone. You're not with your company. You're taking care of your child. And you have more hours in the day by yourself. No one else around. Perhaps your husband is working or significant other busy away working and you're alone you're by yourself that obviously can do something that can do something to your mindset you have all this time now all of a sudden i think this is why maybe some moms actually just want to get back to work <laughs> because they feel connected at work it's very lonely as a mom and you're there taking care of the child essentially on your own most of the time Husband gets away with just being at work. Doesn't have to do too much. Take care of the child. So it's a good situation for them, I suppose. Unless they can get paternity leave and also get to stay at home. Then it works out well for them. But the lonely mom still feels disconnected. Thinking, is this what I have in life. Is this what I have to look forward to? And it is downright depressing at times because this child is your everything. And yet, maybe you wanted more out of life, but now you're locked in. It's like cognitive dissonance where you've made the decision 
and you can't help but feel regret for this decision. I know this sounds terrible, but from a psychological standpoint, this makes a lot of sense because I studied some psychology and this is part of it in that you, you make a decision and that closes off opportunities. When you decide to have a child, it closes off a number of opportunities for you. It will never ever be the same. Your life will never be the same ever again. unless you decide you're going to abandon the child or, I don't know, desert the child, move away and pretend that you never had a child, I guess you could get away with that. That seems quite cruel. And I think that would actually take a toll on your mind. That, that would really take a toll psychologically. So I don't know if that's really a solution. I think that would actually just make you more psychotic, if anything. Uh, you have this responsibility now. This is your responsibility. You now have to take life tremendously seriously. It's not the same as before. Before, you could have fun on your own and connect with others. Now, the child becomes part of your life, a big part of your life. You can't help, you can't help but feel lonely at the decision that you made, and you have to deal with that. Uh, it would be really interesting to deep dive into what moms think. And, you know, I, I've I made all these children's books for kids. And obviously, because moms have the credit cards, it would be for moms to buy these books. Uh, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated in how they conduct themselves. How do they manage to handle these days. You see, I'm alone most days, and I find it tremendously difficult. And a woman has significantly more emotions than I do, or any man for that matter. And I can only imagine what's going through their head as they have all this time alone to themselves. And it could eat away at them. And I'm a little concerned with that. So, I mean, I hope for moms that they can connect with others as well. And it goes back to the groups. There's got to be mom groups out there, maybe exercise groups with their child and, and whatnot. And that's important. But let's extend this concept of mom. Let, let's go a little bit further here. You see, the child eventually will grow up. 18 years old, teenager, adult. The child will go away. The child will move away, take on their own life tackle their own life, try to grow in the world. Now the mom feels a sense of being alone again. See, their child has grown, child has left them. So now, what does the mom do? Well, I guess the mom continues to work. He tries to get that connection back, but there's this void. There's this void that their child is gone now. And all that time that they spent with the child has disappeared now. So they're off into the real world. It's like losing a tremendous friend. You've been with that friend for years. And they're saying goodbye. They're moving away from you can be really tough to deal with that. And that would feel lonely, absolutely. That would feel lonely when your child has grown up. 
So there's that. There's that too. Man, this is going to be a depressing conversation, but it's the reality, right? This is the reality. I'm not here to sugarcoat what loneliness is doing to all of us. No, because I'm dealing with it, and perhaps you are dealing with it if you're watching this. So why not talk about it? Why not have the real conversation? Why not deep dive into this? The next persona is the lonely dad. The lonely dad, busy away at work. The dad wants to be home. The dad wants to be home with the child. Yeah, father. And I've seen actually several cases where the dad just wants to quit his job so he can spend time with his child at home, misses his child, feels lonely because his child is at home. And I know the child's with the mom, but the dad wants to be there too because there's a sense of joy. The child brings a tremendous amount of joy to the family. So when you're away from that, it kind of eats away at you. Yeah. Definitely eats away at you. So I could see the dad suffering at work. Also knowing that he has a significant, significant responsibility to take care of this child. And he also has a bunch of decisions closed off and he can't make the same decisions anymore. It's not as cut and dry. You can't just leave your job. You have to provide for this child financial security. Having a child is an expensive endeavor. So you need to be able to afford this. You need to work. Because if you don't, who's going to take care of this child? Who? The mom needs you. But now, less decisions can be made. You now have to make decisions that are good for the family that you've created and built for yourself. And now you have to look at a number of pieces in your family. You have to look at the child and the growth of the child. You have to look at your wife to take care of her. And you have this responsibility and it's, it's going to eat away at you because you will remember the times when you partied with friends and you connected with others. And now most of your time will be spent working and then taking care of the child and your family. And you won't have too much time beyond that. And connecting with others will be difficult, at least until your child is old enough to maybe fend for themselves. But then you get lonely again because the child goes off, becomes an adult, And just like the mom, you lose that person in your life because they've moved away and moved on. It's very difficult. I can see why my parents never wanted me to move out. One, because I was not that bad of a child. I'd say I was a fairly good child. I was a good child. So it's a deep, dark hole when your child or children 
leave you. And I know you're happy for them, right? The dad is happy, but it's such a difficult thing. So you have these voids, right? Child goes away, or the child is in your life and it brings you nothing but joy, but you can't be with the child all the time. And that's difficult at times. So you just feel lonely about life. No one said life was easy. No, no, definitely not. Quite the contrary. And I'm experiencing this right now. Yeah, life is definitely quite challenging. The next persona is the lonely student. Yeah. I struggle with I struggled with this one absolutely. I was very much lonely as a student. Didn't matter if it was elementary school, high school, university, I was lonely all throughout. I think I was connected probably until th third grade. Fourth grade slash fifth grade is when I started to feel lonely. That's when things started to hit me, is that I am now responsible for everything going on in my, my school life. But my parents aren't going to be able to help me here. Like, they can help me with face paints and stuff or um, hand painting. They can't help me with the complex multiplication tables. It gets a little bit more outside the realm of knowledge. So I understand as a student, as someone who's personally gone through being a student, and a lot of you will have gone through being a student, you'll know the loneliness. Um, where it really hit me was in eighth grade when I was in high school and at lunchtime I was walking the halls and I noticed I noticed that I didn't connect with anyone I was literally walking the halls and did not connect with a single person everyone there was talking away with each other and here I am walking the halls not connected at all, completely lonely as a student, someone who just never fit in. And, and there is that significantly deep sense of loneliness that I had never felt before. And it was there, it was real. And I don't know what it is like for kids today, but kids going through school, oof. My understanding is, from what I've heard, is that everyone's getting their phones at an earlier age. And the only way to communicate with other students is with these phones. So there's not enough of that deep conversation happening. There's less of it, I would say. Because, oh yeah, text me. Talk to me on my phone. Like, don't call me, just text me. Yeah. So there's that. Less phone calls. It's a little concerning because what about the kids that don't feel connected they like I was and they did their best they tried but 
everywhere they looked. Like they're trying to get into a group, and they they did their best, and they they couldn't mingle. And and it's devastating because you don't actually talk about it. I'm not even talking about it until now. <laughs> it's the most bizarre thing. God, think of how many kids are out there that are just keeping this to themselves. certainly makes me want to do something because I would hate for I hate for people out there students to feel disconnected in university same thing a huge sense of dis- disconnection I went to a school where it was sheer concrete everywhere I went and class sizes were 200 plus students probably mentioned this before but anyway i'll mention it again there's nothing more lonely than being surrounded by concrete walls (laughs) and you walk the halls and you see people and you think i should be connected to this world right i should be so deeply connected look at how many people there are how many students i can talk to but how many do you actually talk to well maybe not too many it's intimidating and I mean, you have the group conversations and group projects, and that kind of gets you through it a little bit, but definitely that sense of loneliness. And you get those long bus rides to and from the school where you sit, and you're alone with your thoughts. Oh, anyone that's a student that has to commute, they know what I'm talking about. And they're doing it for four years like I did, maybe five or six, maybe eight, if you're doing a graduate studies and you're just, you're alone. Alone's okay, but how are you alone? And if you're alone for a long time, how are you handling your thoughts? And how often are you connected if you're alone all this time? Well, how much of the time are you connected with somebody? And I'm not saying you need to be connected. Okay, you're a student and maybe you're walking the halls and you don't feel connected with anyone. Maybe that's okay. But can you actually truly handle that? Because I feel like humans are social creatures. They have to connect with someone or something. So if you're going to be alone there, where are you being connected? Is social media your solution? I really empathize with students. I really do. Because, well, I was one and I battled with loneliness. Absolutely. It's not an easy thing. But as I'm saying this, I feel some sort of obligation that I need to go and reach out to these people who are lonely, these students sitting around wondering how to connect with others and there are things that I can suggest but maybe it's so difficult to break that loneliness all I can say is do your best to try to connect meaningfully with the students you work with in group projects try to have fun with them because it's not what I did maybe that's why I was lonely 
So all I can suggest is to try to connect with them on a deeper level. Join clubs with things that are meaningful to you. I'm telling you, that's important. Because... Well, because sharing common interests is a good way to bond, right? Maybe it's something like a public speaking club. That's great. Go for it. And, and have fun, right? Have fun there. Have the conversations with people. I had gone to a men's group, actually, like a men's improvement group a while back. And I thought it was great. I think the principles really were really great. I failed to connect with it because I often fail to connect with people. But I found that it had a really meaningful narrative to it that that men would gather around and talk about issues in their lives I think that's really powerful because you don't want to bring that to any of your relationships you want to go in there get off whatever's on your chest and then as a result you'll feel more connected with these men I think it's a powerful group I really do powerful kind of group for sure and anyone that's feeling lonely should definitely try to find something like that yeah and there's a lot of that at schools so a lot of different clubs i made the mistake of not doing any of those clubs but i think those are important because it teaches you how to connect with people So if you're going to school, be in those clubs. Take advantage of those opportunities because it's the best opportunity for you to meet people. Okay, next persona, the lonely retiree. You spend a long part of your life working for someone. You, well, you hopefully connect with people and you have this sense of connection and maybe you party with them after work or whatnot or you just you, you spend time with them you spend many years with them and it's important it's important time that you share together but then you retire you're done you're done it's time for you to go you've overstayed your welcome and you're ready to enjoy the retired life Welcome to the deep void because now you're not working anymore and it'll be very difficult to fill the loss of connection that you had by waking up and going to that job. There is something meaningful about going to that job and now it's gone. And there's only so many weeks that you can spend going away on vacation. There's only so many weeks. Yeah. And then you get bored of it. How many weeks can you spend in Maui before you're thinking, well, you know, I think I'm done with this. Yeah, it could be a long time. So 
what can I say about this? Well, being a retiree, maybe it can be enjoyable. I, I think those that are successful with retirement, and I'm way out of turn on all this because I'm not a retiree, but I'll, I'll do my best because I, I, I go to a community center to swim and I notice retirees playing tennis and there's a bunch of them, usually a doubles team or whatnot, and they're playing tennis and they're there every week and it's their chance to connect with other retirees. I think it's good for them. I think it's tremendously good for them. So they're not always traveling, but they are part of these groups. So if you are a retiree, once again, finding a retiree group would be good, or a group with people around your own age. Uh, I've found that retirees, to battle loneliness, they would maybe find a hobby. Woodworking has been shown as a really good thing. Uh, running, seeing a lot of older people getting into running just just to keep their mind and their maintenance, you know? Because you're literally taking away one-third of your life by retiring. You're saying goodbye to that, and you have to fill that void. And the fact is, is all your kids are grown up, and... You don't have anyone to take care of but yourself. So the best thing I can say here is take care of yourself, literally. As boring as that might sound, that's all you've got. Yeah. <laughs> so. I won't talk too much about retirees because honestly, I just don't know anything about it. But yeah, they feel loneliness for sure because there is a bunch of, of that void that they'll never get back. And their life will be filled with regret because they'll start to look at the things they didn't do and now they're incapable of doing because they decided to say no to a few things. And maybe they're regretting their decisions and because they're older now, they can't do that anymore. Now, there aren't, there aren't a bunch of things that are closed off to them. I think retirees can still do a lot of different things. But there are some things that might eat away at them, nag at their minds. And that's what will make you feel like, ah, a sense of disconnect there. What can I suggest to that? Well, trying to have some sort of a list. The bucket list is powerful, I'm telling you. Having that kind of a list and checking those things off and being proud and celebrating what you accomplish. Yeah, I think that's important. Next persona, the lonely kid. So I talk about kids and the phones and whatnot. Now, on weekends, I've noticed, particularly over the last five years, 
when I'm driving around, I notice that there aren't any kids out on weekdays or week uh, weekends. Weekends when the weather's nice, perfect time to go out and play. Kids aren't outside. There's lots of kids around here, but what are they doing? Well, on weekends, they're inside, perhaps playing video games. They're on their phones, texting. Maybe they're just watching stuff on their iPad, watching TV. And they're alone. They're not playing with friends. They are just at home. And maybe their parents aren't doing a good enough job to bring the excitement, because I do think their parents are responsible to bring some excitement so the child feels connected and excited to the family, but it is definitely lonely when you see that no one else is playing outside. You want to play outside, but you don't want to be alone playing outside. Problem is, no other kids. Parents aren't doing a very good job at getting play dates because, well, the parents are lonely and they want to be with their child, so maybe they're a bit obsessed with keeping their child at home. That's a common thing. Yeah. Or you see a lot of apartments kind of coming up and it's too difficult to have a place to play. I mean, in my complex, uh, apartment complex, the play area is tiny. It's smaller than my apartment. You can't have kids frolicking around, <laughs> frolicking around in a small place like that. It's, it's too confined. So they have to go maybe miles to find a park. And by which time, ah, oh, forget it. It's too much work. Too much difficulty. So they stay at home. Forget it. Not going to do that. So the kid's lonely, disconnected from the world. Playdates are so important. If you're going to have kids, have those playdates. Get those kids out there. Get them out there so you can have some alone time as well. That's important. Yeah. Intimate time, for sure. That's important. It's important to talk about that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Intimate time, I think, is really important. Because that's a sense of connection that you simply can't get. And that's a good way to battle loneliness. But oh, back to kids, because I don't want to digress or go off on a tangent here. The, the kids need to be with other kids. They need to be with other kids. They need to feel connected. I think there are a lot of organizations out there that are maybe trying to bring kids together. I don't know if they're doing a fantastic job at it, but we need more kids playing. Kids should be going to the shopping malls. I, but I've walked through a shopping mall, and I can tell you one thing. There are very few kids there these days. It is not a place to be going to for some reason. Very few kids. I think more kids should be going to the shopping malls. That is a good way to connect, have conversations, sit down, meaningful talks. Yeah. I think that's important. <laughs>
Of course, I'm not the best at this, okay? I struggle with it constantly. I struggle to connect with others. So this is why I'm talking about all this. I'm suggesting solutions that you or I could somehow try to implement, put into our lives day by day. Things that could work. Yeah. But I really hope that kids, and I, I think this falls on the parents' responsibility. We're talking kids here. They don't know how to navigate life yet. Parents are a little bit responsible here, getting their kids to feel connected. Look, my report card came in for kindergarten, and it said I was shy and didn't participate in groups. Red flag. Somebody's got to address that. I'm a kid. I don't know how to address that. Get me involved with groups. Get me involved with clubs. Get me out there. There's playdates. I think I did have a lot of playdates, but I just felt lonely. Part of it was I didn't feel comfortable telling people about my loneliness as a child. So I don't know what we can do about getting kids to maybe talk about their feelings and emotions more. I actually made a book about emotions and feelings for children because I was fascinated with the psychology about trying to get kids to talk about emotions, trying to get kids to talk about what's going through their head. Yeah, I think that's important because a lot of kids are keeping this all to themselves and that is a dangerous, dangerous road to go down. So getting these thoughts out of the kids' heads, I think it's great. I feel like teachers maybe need to become more like therapists or psychologists and have these meaningful conversations with kids. It's not so much the learning material, but figuring out what the child is thinking would be good. Yeah, the real dialogue. Is it the best decision to have a teacher in front of a classroom speaking to kids for an hour, two hours, three hours, eight hours? Is that the best solution, having kids sit there and listen? No. No, I don't think so. You see, all these kids have a bunch of things going through their heads, and all they can do is sit there and listen to this teacher. No, they want to talk and tell the teacher what's going through their head, perhaps. Yeah. But no, they're sitting there, and they feel lonely. They don't know where to tell people this. And that's a little concerning to me. I don't know if it's getting any better because going back to that freaking phone, always on their phones, and a lot of people who are into social media, who want to sell social media, who are heavily invested in social media, will suggest that the kid is more connected than ever before. Really? Have you asked the kid how they feel? Have you asked them if they feel lonely? Hmm? Have you had that real conversation with them? Or are you too busy texting or trying to sell the next social media platform? If you really connect with the kids, I bet you they'll tell you. Tell you what's really on their mind. If you can really get them to open up. But of course, the parents, they're on their phones. They're at the dinner table. They're on their phones. What do you think the kids are going to do? They're also going to be on their phones. 
it's about learning monkey see and monkey do, right? The saying goes. You're going to have a dinner table conversation, put all the phones away, turn them off, no vibrations, silence. That's how I do it. Um, everywhere I go, every dinner table I go to, the phone is off, I never bring it out. You get my full undivided attention as the reality. If I were to have kids, they will not have their phones. I don't have kids, one day I will have kids. I will have kids. I want kids, I will have kids. <laughs> and I'll take very good care of them and I will let them run wild because I think that's important and I will not let them, I'll have a few rules, but probably not too many. But one thing for sure is I want them to connect. So that means disconnection. Ironically enough, no phones at the dinner table. It's pretty simple. If a child insists, oh, but mom or dad, I want to connect with Toby or whoever, I'd say, well, you can have that conversation after this one. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know my child. I want to get to know what's going on with you. So I want us to have a dialogue. That's important. And then when the time comes that we're done this dinner table conversation, you can go and have the conversation with your friends. And, and I would want you to have a meaningful one with them because uh, that'll be important. But they will miss you more and they will like you more because you had the discipline to sit here and have a conversation with us. You will build more friendships with your friends because you were... Uh, having having real conversations with others. I think that would really help. Um, I'd have to really hash that out, how I would conduct that. that. Going through my mind, I'm still sort of working on that. How I would maybe approach that from a parenting standpoint. Yeah. The Lonely Author. Here's the next persona. I feel like I've talked about kids enough. I'm, that's, a, that's a tough one. Once again, I don't have kids, so I can only really talk to what I've seen. But anyway, the next persona, The Lonely Author. This is a very isolating career path to go down you, you want to become an author an artist a creative and going back to entrepreneur any of that kind of stuff this is a very lonely isolating experience the author lives in his or her world and that author is constructing this world on paper or on the computer and once you've authored your work, there's this feeling that you are done with the work and you have a constant void in that the work is done, the masterpiece is finished, it's now ready for the world. And you miss when you got lost in that world. You miss when you were a part of a world that meant something. 
and now the book is done and the world is finished. And it's just another book and another book and another book trying to fill that void. And writing is just a very isolating, it's very personal, it's very single, individual. And yeah, you'll feel lonely. Absolutely. There will be times when you're trying to get ideas down and the experience is lonely and it doesn't matter who you talk to. It's very difficult to maybe put something together. So from personal experience, what can I suggest here? Well, sitting down daily and just looking at that screen, just getting something down is a good way to start. Uh, that structure in itself is important to help mitigate chaos. Chaos can really ruin an author's life. So you want to keep your, your life relatively structured, and that'll be difficult because authors are somewhat artistic in a sense, I suppose. Creative. So having that structure, I think, is important. Talking to people, I think, is important. You need to figure out where who you can connect with and connect with them because that's going to be an important thing. Connecting with others is tremendously important. You can't just be doing your author thing. You gotta connect with others. Connect with other authors. Connect with other writers. And hey, I'm not doing a very good job of this. I wanna stay isolated. Hey, Dr. Seuss stayed isolated most of the time, but he was lonely and he was depressed. It's not a tremendous life to live, but he did accomplish quite a lot and he did something meaningful. I just think his life was quite miserable and I don't know if I want my life to be quite like that. I'd be okay with some misery, but I don't know if I want to go that far. I want to continue on with this, another persona, the lonely creative. This kind of ties in. Lonely creative is also someone who is artistically expressing themselves, kind of like the author or the entrepreneur. And, well, it is once again a very personal, very individualized kind of experience. And whatever the art is that you're creating, it is something that you create yourself and it's very difficult to invite anyone into your world. You have a bunch of things in your world and you're putting it all down, all out there for the world. And you don't know how to bring the world to you. All you know is how to create. And that's what you do. And it does feel lonely at times. And it can feel downright depressing. But some of your best work can, I guess, come out of that loneliness if you channel it, in a sense. If you can somehow get your loneliness channeled into your creativity, then you might be able to come out with some incredible masterpieces. It is very difficult to navigate a lonely life. 
very difficult. Having no friends, having a family that you don't really dis you're disconnected with. You have the family, and you spend time with them, and you're there. You're in there in person, but you can't help but feel like you aren't really part of the conversations. You feel like you're not part of the world that's going on immediately. You're not really living in the present. You're not really living in the past or the future. You're just sort of there. That kind of sounds like... Uh, like Albert Camus from the from the Outsiders or uh, L'Étranger. I read the French version of of the book, and it was a very depressing book. Just being, just being there, just being there. Very existentialist kind of book, and I don't know. Very dark and dreary kind of life, but. I'm telling you, there's millions of people out there and they're dealing with loneliness right now. At some point, some point or another in their life, they're dealing with loneliness. And I don't really have an answer for how to solve it. Like how to like really truly solve it. Like take care of it. 100% get rid of loneliness. I don't know how to get rid of it because What's concerning to me is loneliness is what can result in depression. You see, even if you take care of yourself, so say you exercise, say you eat healthy, say you sleep well, but you're lonely, and you can still get depressed. Because I've seen it. I've seen it from hockey players who are taking care of themselves, who eat really healthy, exercise, sleep, everything's dialed in. Well, they can't help but feel lonely, disconnected with the world. How do you explain that? And they end up committing suicide a couple months later or something. Well, look, we can't just look at depression. We've got to look at things a little bit further before that. Loneliness is something that manifests and... Um, I think you have to look at it for what it is and then address it. You have to really, truly address it. There are times when I walk through a shopping mall and I'm just walking through and the sense of loneliness is there and I'm aware of it. And you want to be next to somebody, right? And perhaps here's a bonus persona, is the lonely single person. I don't know, I just made this one up. I never wrote this one down, so I don't, I don't know, I'm going to shoot, shoot for this guy here. Because I'm single right now, so maybe I can talk about this. But the lonely single person wakes up. I, myself, wake up in my bed, and I look next to me every single day. I look over, and I notice... Well, I have a queen-size bed, and I look over, and I notice I, I have a second pillow. And there's no one next to me using that second pillow. So every morning that I wake up, I can't help but feel a sense of loneliness, knowing that there's no one next to me to take care of. And that every morning, I have to deal with that. 
that's that's difficult for a lot of people out there. There's a lot of single people out there who are struggling to get into a relationship. There are a lot of people who have maybe lost someone in their life and now they're alone, they're lonely, and they have that empty second pillow, that second pillow that is just sitting there and it collects dust and you want to fill, you want to put somebody on that pillow, but you can't force it. You can't force anything like that because then that, that makes life difficult. And try to force things, you know, you can't do that. So the lonely single person is the one who wakes up with an empty second pillow. And they continue to wonder when they'll feel connected to the world. And having that second pillow filled might be one step in the right direction, but you also don't want to feel desperate and needy. See, if, if you go in that direction, then you'll never get that pillow filled. And that's a dangerous road. That's a dangerous road to go on. So you want to be comfortable with your loneliness in a sense. Or you, a better way to say is you want to know that you can be lonely at times and that's okay. That is okay. You can be alone at times, and that is more than okay. But also know that you want something. Like, you want something, but you don't need it. Okay? Know that. Then it'll be a little bit better. Because then you can look at someone and say, I want that person next to me. I want to take care of that person. I don't need that person, but I want them. Because between that person and I, us together, we feel much more connected, we can grow together, we can have a future together. And that's more meaningful than me being by myself. And I know that that person feels lonely, but if we're together, well, we feel connected. And that is something to go for. Definitely. Being aware that the second pillow is empty, but then also being aware that you want to fill that second pillow is is good. It's good. Good way to kind of fill your fill your life, maybe try to navigate it. I I don't know if any of this is gonna solve anything. Someone out there might be watching this or listening to it and say, I get this. I think this is powerful. I think this could help. I think people watch this they see this guy who's struggling with some things and i get that too i get that too all the time because i don't want to pretend to be some fake person i don't want to pretend that i'm highly connected i don't want to pretend that that, that would be unrealistic i don't want to pretend that there's a, a private jet waiting outside my apartment i don't want to pretend any of that i don't want to give you any sense of false hope I want to tell you that life is difficult because it is. I don't want to tell you that there's some simple solution to have a bunch of dollar bills on your bed and that you can have a bunch of women sitting next to you 
and that you can have your pillow f always with somebody next to you every single morning. That's all very shallow stuff anyways. No, no, you want someone who you can be with for life. Yeah. You want people that you can be with. You you want connections. You want what, whatever it is. And just on a like a general level, just going back a little bit here, just very high level. I think I've covered all the personas that I want to cover. What I want to go back on is just the sense that more and more we're feeling like we don't need to be with people that. We can just spend time. We can spend time on social media, and that is our solution for battling loneliness. And that we don't really need to work on our relationships. And that couldn't be further from the truth. More so than ever before, we need to spend time on our relationships and communicate and figure out how we can connect ourselves with people on a meaningful level. Because social media is not doing it. It's not doing it for anyone. And I only see it getting worse. So hopefully we can learn something from all this and say, hey, look, we're, we're not going for the loneliness route. We're going to try to connect and make life meaningful. Yeah. Okay, I'm done here. This is longer than most, and that's great. Because I don't want to put any sort of filter on anything. So hopefully this helped you out, and hopefully you had fun here. And thanks for tuning in. Until next time, toodles. <laughs>